Are you ready for another episode of Real Talk Education Lanes? Well, ride along with me, Target, your advisor and guide. Navigate, listen, and experience the information to gain guidance for your lane. I'm giving Real Talk, and I hope you enjoy this ride. Targanway Jones, and I am coming to you post sickness, but I was down and out. I'm feeling much better. Thank you very much today. Um, I do have a kind of a pesty, pesky cough, uh, kind of, you know, chest thing kind of going on here. So forgive me if I sound like I'm about to like explode at times. I'm trying to hold back a cough potentially that wants to come out. So yeah, um, I do have asthma. So that's kind of like my thing. I know that could be an issue, but I've just really been monitoring it. And you know, I just want to let you guys know. So if you're like, hey, what's going on? Where's Targan? Well, I've been trying to recover. So that's what's up. But um, I wanted to come today to give you an episode, you know, kind of to just talk about a lot of particulars on what's happening right now. Um, There's some key points that I really want to discuss talking about the reopening plans for a lot of people uh, with children facing on, you know, putting them back to school. Uh, In some states, such as my own, we have just a month until school officially is supposed to start. So what do you do in the circumstance? I'm still wanting to talk about those issues today. And I hope you're uh, ready to discuss because I'd love to kind of see what's the thought process. I'm going to speak to you from my own, but you know, I'd love for you to share your feedback and tell me, you know, what are you thinking about your options? What are you going to do? Of course, every parent has to do what's best for them situationally, but um, you know, what, what are you going to do? When we really break this thing down, we look at it is basically three options. A lot of the states um, are going to this three option choice system. In a nutshell, you have option one, which is in seat. Children are to go back to class to regular brick and mortar schools and be able to sit in class. Instruction is normal and teachers are teaching. Of course, we know you're going to have to wear face masks. We know you're going to have to do a lot of other things, which we'll kind of talk about in a moment. But um, option one is in seat. Then there's option two, hybrid. Hybrids where you basically are doing half and half. Half of your time will be spent in classroom, while the other half of your time will be spent working from home on your computer. So that opens up a whole nother avenue of what do parents do, those who have to work. You know, if you have half the time your kids are at home and then the other half. Does the system now, the economy now kind of gear itself towards a hybrid system where parents are home half the time through the week and then the other portion is when they're at work, when the kids are in class. I don't know, something that we're going to have to think about or talk about. And then option three is the online system where you are 100% online. Now, there's many programs that have already been in existence. You know, there's many districts that have their own virtual virtual programs for as far as education where kids can go to school virtually and still get all their credits and mimic the 
mimic the core system, Common Core. That was a lot of a lot of states were still doing that. I know in our state they actually just discontinued it, but you know they have their systems in place where you mimic that if you're in virtual. There's also programs out there that are you know K through 12, and they're just online teaching platforms where you have certified teachers that also teach and have curriculums that the children go off of and are still following to be able to get all of their credits and grades and everything. You have programs that are already in existence and you have other ones that are kind of rearing their heads to make an impact because of the situation that we're in. So three options. What do you do? In-seat, hybrid, or 100% online? So let me tell you kind of what I've been thinking and where my head has kind of been with this. In our state, state of Florida, we actually, for my particular uh, district, we're supposed to make a decision by next week, Friday, on what your back to school plans are, are going to be. But here's the issue. We haven't really had uh, an option to get our questions answered as to what does this really look like? As many of you know, Florida is a hotbed for um, COVID right now, but what do you do when you're still a month out? You don't know what we're gonna look like a month from now in these cases as they consider, consistently rise. And then secondly, how do you just commit myself to, or your family or whichever, to a system that you really still haven't explained or answered what it's going to look like. So let me give you an example, perfect situation. My child is in a magnet school, my older daughter. So being in a magnet school, that's more of a specialty program because it's focused on arts, the arts. That's what her, her side of the house is, whether it's visual, whether it's, you know, dance, whether it's culinary, that's not what you would do in a typical um, public school. It's a, a magnet school that focuses on specialties. So if we did hybrid, what does that look like for your specialty? Are you just doing your core classes, math, science, English, reading? Are all those things done um, more on the hybrid side where you're at home and you're working on those, but when you're in seats, you're working on your your specialties? Um, that's one question. Haven't got an answer to it yet. Uh, if you're in a typical public school, brick and mortar, where you have, you know, your various classes, your, you know, um, all the ones that I listed before, math, reading, writing, uh, you have choir, you have band, you have you know, gyms, health sciences, things like that. So what happens there in the, the typical public school, if you're doing hybrid, again, which of the classes is it that you're focusing on when you're in seat or do they rotate through? We really haven't had anybody answer this. Now say if, if the next couple of months really ends up being kind of like a, as I, I kind of foresee it going to be, a gigantic test tube just trying to see what in the heck is going to work um, as we try to figure something out and just all these kids really are the ones who have to be the guinea pigs for it but so now let's say you have the kids go to school and there's a giant spike of cases and people getting sick in the first month first two months of school um, what happens to the programs, what happens to the specialty teachers who are teaching these classes, you know, as I was watching in a, um, an interview, 
teachers can't get substitutes on a good day. So now how are you going to get a substitute on to a specialty school or even a regular school? Again, and when I say regular, you know what I mean, as far as not magnet. Uh, so what, what do you do in those cases? What happens? How does that work out? Because then now if you have somebody who's filling in or there's just filler work being done, are the kids still fully getting the education that they need, that they deserve, or that they're supposed to, or are they just getting filler work because there's nobody here really to teach that? Because your teacher's out for 15 days with potentially COVID. Who knows, right? These are the things I'm talking about as far as for this hybrid. What Somebody needs to answer these questions. Here's a secondary um, thing I'm thinking about. Okay, so as you, you know, we came from a homeschool background as well. I, I taught my kids as far as homeschool. So if I say, you know what, for this whole test tube period, as I want to call it, uh, I'm going to pull my kids out for the first quarter and just homeschool them. Work my schedule around it, whether I put them on the virtual side of the house or if I just go completely 100% homeschool and I choose the curriculum, put together, you know, what it is that they want to do and uh, focus on that, then what, what should happen or what would happen if I want to put her back into school? Does she automatically lose her space in the magnet program now? So what do we do? Now I just potentially jeopardized her, you know, passions of what she liked because of wanting to not have her go into the test cycle of the system trying to figure this out. You know, things like that I'd like answers to again as well. My younger daughter, she completed private school last year. So she was going to go to a public school that was just built brand new down the street from us that are, we're zoned for. So we're going to have her go there because it was much closer than having to drive an hour commute every day. I'm taking her to school, which was 30 minutes going and 30 minutes coming back. But the whole thing is now what happens when you have the kids who are in those grades that are K through three, that's gonna be a doozy. I think, you know, those children in that age group, it's a lot more difficult for them to be able to understand um, how to socially distance uh, properly when they have all their friends that they haven't seen forever, or they just wanna play. Or what if you have a child, you know, a lot of times now from when I worked in the school system, we do a combination. There's a combination where you have kids who are special needs intermixed with the children in the classroom who are not. So you'll have paras and this and that who may be in there. Sometimes you don't have a para. So what if you have a child who has issues with wearing masks or who are uh, kids who are disruptive and not wanting to follow when you're in that K through three, it's a lot more uh, stress on the teacher and um, a lot, it's a lot harder to corral and control the cleanliness of the classroom from kids sneeze and cough and wiping their little boogers, um, touching things, scratching areas that don't need to be scratched and not washing hands when they go into the one bathroom that all the kids use from, you know, many classrooms that I've been in. Uh, so, I mean, these things, how are the teacher, how are, is the cleanliness factor going to stay up to par in that age group K through three? So this is something that also needs to be heavily thought about when we talk about trying to keep the germ control to a, a bearable 
level for parents to have not as much worry when it comes to the sickness and the spread of this terrible, terrible virus. So, I mean, what, what do you do? How are they going to attack this? That is the million dollar question. It's easy to say you have to do this, you have to do this, but you have to peel back what's going to work for you and your family. How is it going to be feasible? And these different age groups, how are they going to enforce a stronger measure of uh, cleanliness for them to understand that this is something that could really harm them or even their teachers because the teachers are, are you know, afraid as well. So now going back to if I did hybrid, which is what I was kind of leaning towards, but then now I tell you um, homeschool is probably 50-50 on whichever one to choose. I'm 50% on potentially homeschooling. Again, once I get my questions answered to see how it's going to affect my older daughter, but then 50% says, hey, maybe try the hybrid. Here's a question that I ask you. If you have the opportunity maybe a tight-knit group of five or six kids that were in a location that you felt was safe. The kids were constantly around that same group or that same five. So it was, you know, when you say a controlled and small environment, that's probably the going to get that does not mimic a classroom setting. And you had the opportunity for your kids to be supervised and watched while let's say they did a online or they did the hybrid half and half, would you take that opportunity if it allowed you to be able to go to work, but you had somewhere where your kids were, but they weren't in an area that was so overly exposed? Would something like that interest you? You know, it's something that I'm kind of really thinking about, knowing that if I would hold my child out for the homeschool side of the house, or again, the hybrid side of the house, are there parents out there who would be potentially open? Like if I said, hey, you know what, I'll take five kids and I'm going to set up my garage um, into almost like a makeshift classroom. Uh, it's almost like a Montessori room, you know, because our our garage is almost it's set up like a living room from carpet, television. I mean, chairs. I have a dry erase board that, you know, I would write on. And I mean, it's just a matter of tweaking a few things. But if I took on like five or six kids and they just throughout the day, we would do our lessons. We would have our table set up. Parents could bring in, you know, a laptop for their kid and they, the kids would work on it. And I'd kind of supervise and make sure everything was on the up and up. Um, they help answer any questions go along through the day, they have their lunches, we can even do gym in the back, you know, backyard, all these different things like that. Is that something that would interest parents out there? Or am I thinking just a little too, too, um, you know, crazy parents be like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if I want my kid to be around that. Because this way we could control, you know, the whole, the mask wearing, you know, what's the difference if you, the parent are going to work and you're inter and co-mingling with your co-workers on a daily basis and then going back home around your family? What's the difference from those kids going into a classroom setting where in the hallways and in the cafeterias, you have hundreds of kids that you're walking past or you're sitting in large groups with, you know, socially distanced to an extent. But again, these are kids, they're going to intermingle somehow, some way. But by having a more controlled group of maybe just five kids that you know, this is the group of five here, would that be something that's a model that maybe, you know, some parents who are able to 
uh, may want to look into doing, you know, it helps parents out. You can charge a, a fee, you know, whatever that might be, um, to satisfy and, and make, you know, your time one worthwhile, but then also too, you're helping out fellow parents and, and education is staying on course. That might be something to really look at. So I'd be interested for you to tell me in your comments, go definitely to the Real Talk Education Facebook page and write some comments and let me know, or even right here on the, podca- the podcast in the comment section, um, whichever platform you're listening to for this. You know, I'd love to hear what, what do you think? You know, is that something or direction that maybe some, some of us need to start thinking about? Or is it, you know, maybe something that's just like, ah, I'd still be too afraid of that. I wouldn't want my kids around that. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there to see your thoughts. Um, it's something that can be definitely a business model for you know, some people out there who who have the experience. So that's something I want to throw out. Under as far as the education side of the house, those are the areas I wanted to talk to you about today. See your thoughts. See what are you thinking? What are you faced with? What is your state, your county, your district saying that has to be done? What options are you facing? You know, what option are you going to choose? Please share and let us know. This is what it's all about because, you know, something that you might say could be information that another parent uses to help tip tip the scale for them in their decision-making process. And then lastly, I wanted to talk about uh, products, cleanliness products. You know, (laughs) I remember each year as far as when you have to go back to school shopping, which again, how is that going to look? Where where are you going to get your stuff from? I don't know. The mall's going to open up to the extent where you can, you can't even try anything on. And it's just crazy with that whole back to school portion. But my question is on the products for cleanliness, sanitizers, Kleenex, wipes. Now, I believe they said that schools are considered essential. So they're going to get their product line of these items to be able to clean. But I'd really be anxious to see how this works. Because let's be honest, there has been many times in the past when you know that the teachers were constantly asking, oh, I need sanitizer. Oh, I need Kleenex. Oh, we need rolls of toilet paper. Oh, your child may come home and say, we don't have any hand soap in the bathrooms. It's all finished. Or their kids are using too much and there's not enough. They won't refill it. So if we're in... I won't say post pandemic because it's not post, but if we're in the situation that we're in right now, how are they going to keep this stuff stocked in these classrooms? And even at that, are they going to utilize it properly? Whether it's the teacher or whether it's the students, because I've seen both sides of the house where teachers are like, oh, well, we don't even use that. Or, ah, I don't have time. Well, we're going to have to make some time because, again, we're in a different dynamic than we were before. So how are they going to maneuver? How are they going to work this out so that cleanliness, these products are replenished and that they're actually they have enough? I don't know the last time I seen some Clorox wipes. So please let me know. We just found some on Amazon and that was like after looking for forever in a day. How are the schools going to stay? And I'm talking about every every day, every school USA. How are they going to stay stocked? I'd be anxious to know because this is going to be interesting. But again, another question that's thrown out there. You know, a lot of things are easy to say, but it's a whole nother story when it comes down to having to do. So we're going to see. But uh, I'm not even talking about my junior high, senior high. I'm not talking about, you know, what the high schooler is going to have to to go through. Um, 
I, that'll be a whole, that'll be another topic. That'll be another day. We'll talk about getting to that level. But this is across the board from K all the way through 12. What's your decision process? What are you going to do? What have you thought about some of the things that I've just mentioned to you today? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, this was, um, you know, something to get you thinking, you know, help you out, bring some things to light and knowing that, uh, people are on your side and ask these questions, call the school districts up, find out, get the answers to your questions because they can't keep telling you, you have to do this or this is what you're going to have to do, but not answer the questions on what needs to be done or how does it look when we're actually in full swing. So this is Targan. I just wanted to come to you feeling much better than I was. And um, my voice will be back to 100% I know next time. And hopefully this whole cough and chest nonsense will be gone. Let's uh, keep this conversation going. Join us in the Facebook page. And again, Real Talk Education. Have a good one. Make those decisions. Some of you, the clock is ticking.